we said 100,000 in 100 days. What goals are we going to hit to achieve said 100,000? I would probably spend 70 to 75% of our time being irrelevant, losing views, losing subscribers. What is the biggest deal Night Media has brought to you? Uh, it was a quest bar. How do I price myself as a creator? Probably half a million and above. Welcome back to the Blueprint Podcast, where we help you develop a foundation to a successful creator career. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things. And I'm sure if you're a new creator, you've been thinking about this, brand deals. Yes. We're also going to be talking about whether you should be working independently with an agency or with an org. And we're also going to talk about goals, because I think that is super important. How to set goals as a creator? What is a good goal? What is a bad goal? And how to use these goals to elevate your content creation and get more subscribers. Boom. Well, before we get started, quick introductions. My name is Cedric, aka Sedlam, on pretty much every platform that you can find me on. I make short form videos, mainly tech style content. I have about 300,000 followers across all my platforms. And that's about it. Yep. Uh, my name is Nathan. I run the Unspeakable channel or Unspeakable channels. Uh, I've been doing YouTube for about 11 years. And um, the rest is history. All right, well, let's dive deep into the juicy stuff. Dude, I'm excited. I Look, wanna, we're going to talk about money. I, I'm, I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. This is. I, I just want to note, this is episode number five, so we can call it Five Vibes. All right, we got good vibes going on right now. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, All episode right. five. Dude, this is a big <laughs> deal, bro. All right. Five episodes. Well, a first, th first thing I want to talk about, obviously, is brand deals. A lot of people ask me, this question all the time and it's how do I price myself as a creator and I want to get your thoughts on that someone who's been in the industry for 10 years now how would you price yourself as a creator starting out let's say you're you're starting out at 10,000 followers then we'll price yourself at 50 then 100 then a million hmm. so it's not really about follower count it's more so about how consistent your views are on your content that you post um, that's usually what brands are going to look at when I took my first brand deal just a step back uh, it was a quest bar <laughs> and they sent me it for free and it wasn't even a brand deal. They just sent me quest bars for free and I promoted them in my video for zero dollars, zero, literally for nothing. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, whoa, a brand wants to talk to me. This is insane right and then fast forward a little bit later my first brand deal that i ever signed was i believe for like an energy drink i think it was in the realm of like ten thousand ish dollars which is which is big for your first brand deal but for me i was not focused on brand deals i didn't even i i didn't like really touch them because i was like what are these? Well, you're probably making money through YouTube AdSense. Yeah, I was making all my money through ad revenue uh, and merchandise. So, you know, I didn't really touch brand deals. But my yeah, my first brand deal was a five-figure deal, about $10,000. Wow. And um, I actually put it on one of my most viral videos. And oh, I'd, wow. I didn't know it was going to be my most viral video, but it ended up being one of my most viral videos uh, that got like 30 million views. So the brand was very happy. Um, do, you, <laughs> do you remember um, what follower count you were at? I want to say I was probably two or three million subscribers when I did my first brand That's deal. Insane. I kid you not. Yeah, I was very late to the brand deal game. I do regret that for sure. But I also don't regret it because I was so focused on growing and so obsessed with just growing my channel that anything else that got in my way of growing was like not even, it didn't, I didn't want to touch it because I was like, why? 
right? So I did have a lot of brands reach out and want to give me money, but I was like, I was just like, this isn't going to help me grow. Yeah, maybe it might put more money in my pocket, but it's not going to help me grow. So I just avoided it. Now, I'm not saying you should do that. Um, I think you should, you know, take brand deals seriously because they can be um, huge levers uh, for your audience, right? Like if you're a smaller creator, you can work with bigger brands and that bigger brand can help you grow, but you can also help that bigger brand grow, right? And eventually you get to a point where you have millions and millions of followers where you're signing a lot of brand deals. And most of these brands, like you got to remember when a company comes to you to sign a brand deal, like it's because they expect to make a return on their investment. So if they're giving you, let's say $10,000 for a brand deal, they're probably making like 40 or 50 grand off your audience that you built. So once you get to a certain level of, of size it makes sense to not do brand deals anymore and instead promote your own stuff. That's why we started our juice company, Juice Blocks, because we were, you know, we would have a brand deal come and give us a six-figure deal and they would make six times the amount on us, on our own audience that I spent building. And I was like, this is dumb. Why am I like, you know? Um, but I do think brand deals are super, super important for growing. They can give you a lot of capital in the beginning. Um, I, I say anyone under a million subscribers or a million followers should be focused on brand deals, like for sure. Um, anyone above a million should still be focused on brand deals. But at that point, you should be figuring out like, okay, what's next? Like, am I going to sell merch? Am I going to make a product? Am I going to maybe open more channels where I can do different stuff. Because if you've gotten to a million subscribers or a million followers, you obviously know what you're doing, right? Um, so that that is when I started to figure out like, okay, uh, I did merch. I think that's whatever creator does. So started with that, learned a ton from that, then kept going. But I think ultimately it's really hard to put a price on someone's value for their views back to your original question because every audience is different and it also depends on it doesn't depend on your follower account brands do not care about follower accounts maybe some of them do but a large majority of them do not they're going to look at your views and they're going to look at how consistent your viewership is um is every video you're posting getting 50,000 views or is it getting 50,000 60,000 10,000 50,000 10,000 50,000 10,000 they're going to look at those lower numbers and that's going to drop down your price for what they're going to pay you but ultimately depending on what industry you're in is really going to depend on how much money you make you are a tech creator you're going to get way more brand deals than I ever will because I am a creator for kids right there's not a lot of companies out there that want to promote stuff for kids um, now, don't get me wrong. We still sign a good amount of brand deals, but compared to how much you will sign in the future, it's just, you know, you're in a different audience, a different niche than us. So I think brand deals is just one of those games where you just got to get into it and you just got to start taking stuff. And if you feel like you're being lowballed, I think it's okay because you're also learning at the same time. Like you don't know what price is right. You just have to learn. You have to feel it out. And you know, you'll eventually get to a point where you sign 10, 20, 30 deals and you start to understand your your price, your value as your brand grows as well. Um, but, dude, yeah, I mean, it's so different compared to like short form. 
Mm-hmm. I think taking brand deals on short form is obviously the most important. Like that's your money maker because short form doesn't make any money. Yes, that is huge. Yeah, we we've taken some brand deals on on short form, and yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, it's insane that your first brand deal was ten thousand dollars for you said an energy drink. Yeah, that's crazy. I've taken so many brand deals, I have not hit the five figure mark yet. Well, it's only because I said no to all these brands. Oh, okay. Is there a reason you say no? Do I was not align it with like your content? No, I was just so obsessed with growing that I didn't want to focus mm-hmm. on anything else. And at the time, were you still working independently or were you under an agency helping you get these brand deals? Uh, no, they were just coming to me. I just had my email like in my YouTube. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I think, um, do you find yourself taking more brand deals now that you are connected with an agency? Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But also like, I was obsessed with growing and I was making so much money on ad revenue that like brand deals would come to me and I could just be like, I can just make one more video and make five times that. Like, why would I even, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it was just something that I didn't care about. It was just like a small little thing that I just threw to the side. I wish I would have uh, paid more attention to it because it probably could have bought me a house. But, you know, I mean, I... I think I turned out all right, I guess. I feel like on short form, obviously it's more important because that's the only like kind of revenue you got. But as a smaller creator, you know, I wouldn't suggest taking these two hundred, three hundred dollar deals. Maybe um maybe if you're just starting out and you're like four hundred, five hundred followers, maybe a couple thousand, maybe yeah, you could take these five hundred dollar brand deals. But you know, if you ever feel like you're being lowballed, whatever number is in your head, I feel like just double it and then just throw it throw it at the brand and see what they say. Because the worst thing they could say is no. And the worst thing they could do is just never talk to you again. But uh, at the end of the day, like the brand that turned you down in the beginning is probably going to hit you up again in a couple of years. Yeah. And and don't get stumped on brand deals. Don't focus a lot of time on it. You got to remember your creator and your mission is to grow. And you have to fight being ir- irrelevant, right? That is your biggest threat as a creator is losing views, losing subscribers. How do you become irrelevant? You're not putting out good content. You're not putting out consistent content. You're not putting out content that is engaging or that people are talking about. So, and signing a ton of brand deals, sure, maybe it could help you grow because maybe you sign a cool brand deal with a company like Ghost. And Ghost is a big company that has a huge social media presence. So it could help you grow, but ultimately, it's not going to help you grow as much as you would just focus on the content and just, you know. Yeah. And like you said, I think it depends on the niche as well. Take brand deals that really help you elevate your content later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in tech, it works well because I could get a brand deal for portable monitors and use that for six different videos. Yeah. And I still get paid on top of that. So like be smart with the brand deals you take. Don't just take anything that kind of just gets presented to you and, you know, give yourself some self-worth, you know, price yourself properly. Yeah. Respect yourself. But uh, I want to go back to the... uh, (laughs) But not too much. (laughs) I want to go back to the agency thing. Um, Recently, I just signed on to a new agency, and I found that it is severely important, especially when you're trying to, like you said, focus on your content battle of relevancy. So when you have an agency, you have a team, they're focused on getting you the brand deals, and they're focused on doing all the back-end work, negotiating, outreach, doing all that stuff, making you more money in the back-end, and then... uh, you know, kind of funding the rest of your creator career. If you're not doing any YouTube AdSense, what are your thoughts on agencies and how important do you think it is for creators to not necessarily chase them, but see if they can work with someone in an agency? I think I think it's something very smart to do. I don't, I really don't see any downsides. You've just got to protect yourself. 
legally uh, when you do things like that. So, you know, definitely know what you're signing, understand what you're signing into. I've had a lot of friends that have signed with agencies and got totally screwed uh, for many reasons. So know what you're signing, know what you're getting into. Um, it also helps if you can find an agency where you already have friends in there. That's kind of how I found Night Media, which is my kind of agency that does all our brand deals. They have they have Mr. Beast, Ryan Trahan, like some of the biggest YouTubers in the world. Um, but the reason I found them was through other creators that I was friends with. So it kind of helped me like ease into it versus me not knowing anyone in this kind of agency um, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge help because like I said earlier, ultimately as, as a, as you're a creator, your main mission is to make content, right? Your main mission is to fight being irrelevant and fight losing followers, losing views. Uh, because if you lose followers and you're losing views and you're not growing, then your brand is dying, right? Um, and you really got to, it takes so much energy to grow that. And if you're going to try to do everything yourself in terms of like brand deals and all that stuff, it's just not worth the time. It's worth giving up like 10, 20, 30 or 40% of a deal to have someone go do it for you. I really think it is because your main mission is to make that content, right? Because if you could pour all your time into content instead of like focusing on all these little small deals and in that time frame, you could double your viewership. Guess what? You're also going to double your brand deal revenue as well. So just keep, keep in mind that the main mission is to grow as a creator in terms of views, subscribers, better content, better stories, you know, whatever that growth means to you and just don't get caught up in the small stuff. So yeah. I think an agency and, and that's where the agency comes in. They kind of handle all the small stuff. So I think it's I think it's crucial for a creator. I think I think there could be one day where you could build out your own little team that goes out and gets deals, you know, develops leads. But it, when you're a small creator, it's it's kind of pointless to do that. So you said that you got ten thousand dollars, you know, by yourself without any, without an agency. Mm. Can you talk about what is the biggest deal Night Media has brought to you? You don't have to say the exact. Maybe you could just give a ballpark range. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I want to say it was like almost like um um hot, like almost seven figures probably. I'm trying to remember what it was cuz there was multiple around that range. Oh. So I don't I don't I don't recall the exact amount cuz it was a couple of years ago. But gotcha. yeah, almost like probably half a million and above. We've done multiple deals like that. Insane. So, do you remember the um, subscriber count you were at whenever you signed with them? Ooh, uh, I want to say like f six or seven million subscribers. How long ago was that? Probably like five years ago. So five years ago, you signed with an agency, and then yeah. for the other five years, you were just working by yourself. Pretty much. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I want to get your thoughts. So we talked about agencies. We talked about working independently. I want to get your thoughts on orgs. I feel like orgs are kind of like agencies, but they have more of a brand appearance. But I want to get your thoughts on orgs, where it's like FaZe, 100 Thieves, uh, orgs like that. Like joining an organization? 
Not necessarily. Or, well, yeah, kind of. Like, what do you think about orgs overall? What do they have to offer? Should a creator kind of chase that space? Like, oh, I want to join this org. Like, what are the true benefits of an org in your eyes? Um, it's hard. I think it just really depends on what your goals are as a creator. Um, I think organizations, for the most part, if you're going to join an organization, you're growing their organization. It's not really, I mean, sure, it could help you grow for sure, but you're growing their bigger slice of the pie, you know? Um, so just remember that, right? I think if you really want it bad enough and you know what you're doing and you are very consistent with your content over years and years and years, you can build all that growth yourself. I've never joined an organization. I know many creators that have 20, 30, 40 million subscribers that have never joined an organization in their life. Um, so I think it just depends on what your goals are, right? If your goal is to become a professional esports player, but also do content creation on the same side, then I think an organization could help support you because you're focused on so many things. But if your only mission is just to create content and that's it, I don't really see a point in joining an organization unless maybe you're there temporarily to get some growth and get some feedback and to improve yourself and then maybe you leave but ultimately, you're going to grow that organization. You're going to be the powerhouse. Um, I've never had... I, I've actually tried to start an organization. I had a, me and a lot of friends tried to start our own little organization. And it just failed because there was certain people uh, pulling more weight in terms of viewership. Um, I was pulling the most amount of views, but we could never figure out a good system to monetize and... It was just, at the end of the day, it was just pointless. I was just like, why don't I just focus on myself? Like, why are we trying to do this together? I could be a bigger creator if I just focus on myself. And y'all could be bigger creators if y'all just focus on yourself. Like, you know, so ultimately it was just, I have, I've, I've gone down that avenue. I've tried that stuff. Um, just from observing um, other orgs out there, how do you think they can improve? What do you think they're kind of lacking? Hmm. I think they're lacking the ability to collaborate with all the creators in the organization. I think the most successful organizations are probably going to be organizations that don't look like organizations. Like a, a good example would be like Sidemen. Like they don't really look like an organization, but they are. It's a group of YouTubers. They got together. They make content together. They got their side plus app that probably makes them like a million a month or something insane from their, you know, subscriptions and memberships. I, I don't know if they actually make that much, by the way. I'm, I'm assuming they do. They probably make an insane amount of money because their fan base is huge. Um, but ultimately, that is an organization. They probably get a lot of brand deals together and they probably split them throughout their own personal channels. And then they also come together and make content together. Um, so I think the more collaboration that you can have in an organization is ultimately going to strive its success. The more separated the members are in the organization, it's probably going to hurt it more and more. Um, but it also depends on what the mission of the organization is, right? Sidemen's mission is to grow and get more views, right? Um, but you could have you could have an organization like maybe phase that's a little different their mission is to more so do like esports and tournaments and stuff not necessarily to grow and you know get 100 million followers but yeah i think that's where those orgs are kind of lacking i think they should be focusing while the esports stuff is great they should be focusing on growing their org and you know assigning creators that have longevity rather than kind of just 
people who will stream. No, yeah. sh- no shade, no shade at all. But like, I think, you know, I've, we've seen layoffs on some of these orgs. I think that taking advantage of these creators and like trying to, you know, garnish their audiences and build the org together. I think that's where they're lacking. The problem is a lot of these organizations, and I know there's a lot of them that are built by creators, but a lot of these organizations are not built by creators and they don't understand, um, you know, like what it means to be a creator. Maybe they learned about it, but they were never actually a creator, the people that run these organizations. So ultimately that makes them suffer. Um, I think the best way to look at an organization is it's ultimately a network, right? Think of cartoon network, right? their objective is to produce a bunch of shows, a bunch of cartoons. So if an organization was really good at what they would do, they would help all their creators produce their shows, invest in their content, collaborate with the other creators in the organization, and ultimately grow it all together as kind of one giant flywheel. I think that's like that's the best thing you can do. Um, but then again, like I said, it depends on the organization's goals, right? You, the organization, maybe their goal isn't to grow and get a lot of views. Maybe it's just to dominate esports. Right. I would love to get someone on the show here um, that's in an organization and knows like more of the ins and outs to kind of just like back up everything, um, because I think it's a super interesting topic. I'd love to dive more into it. But that is just my opinion, by the way. That's what I see. I've never really like I've tried to start an organization, but I've never actually been in like a big professional one. That is just my opinion from the outside, from what I see. So I just want to throw that out there. Same. I know there's a lot of great organizations Mm -hmm. out there that are doing super, super well. So I don't want to like you know, throw shade at any of them. I but. completely agree. That's why I want to get someone here that's uh, been in an Oregon kind of knows everything about it. So that'd yeah. be, I think that would be a really cool conversation. Yeah, but my next topic, I think, is um, one of the biggest things that helped me grow and helped me kind of like find my success and, you know, kind of figure out what the right things are to focus on. And I think w- when I started doing this, I think I just like exploded in growth. I mean, it wasn't like instantly, but like, it compounded the momentum built really well. And it was how to set proper goals for content creation or how do you even set goals in general? What's a good goal? What's a bad goal? Um, so I wanted to ask you this first. Like, how do you, what what goals are you setting right now? Like, what do they look like? Like, give me like two goals that you have that you want to accomplish, even if it's a big one, if it's one that's like 10 years away, like whatever it is. Well, one I just literally did last night was set up an LLC finally. My okay. God, I, am, I was so behind <laughs> on that. I finally got it done. Um, and another one, I think they're basic milestone goals. I think a lot of creators do this. We're like, I want to hit X amount of followers. Um, so right now, I think I want to do 100K on Instagram and 350K on TikTok. Those are like some small goals I'm setting right now. Yeah. So that, it's perfect that you say that because that was actually the biggest mistake that I made was setting goals as milestones. Like setting a goal that says, I want to hit 100,000 subscribers or I want to hit a million subscribers. I used to do that all the time. I want to hit 1.5 million subscribers by the end of summer or whatever the goal was. That is completely the wrong way to set a goal, in my opinion, because you're setting a destination without instructions on how to get there, right? So if you have a goal, let's say your goal, you write out your goal and it's, hey, I want to hit 10 million subscribers. Great. That is a destination. That is not an an actionable item to actually move you every day towards that goal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I started changing all of my goals to actionable items that I could either take on a weekly or monthly basis that I could act towards. So what I would do is I would write out 
let's say I want to hit 10 million subscribers, I would write that out. And then I would write out all the things that I think I need to do to hit 10 million subscribers. What do I need to do? I probably need to make videos that hit 60% retention. How many videos do I need to hit 60% retention? I would just write a big number. I'd write 75 videos. I need 75 videos to hit 60% retention. I need 75 videos to hit 15% CTR. I need, you know, I need 75 videos that one after another, the editing gets twice as good as the previous one. I need 75 videos that are very unique ideas that I've never seen another creator do, right? So that's what I would do. When I did that, dude. So you're kind of setting goals that you actually can control yes. the outcome of, whereas that's, in subscribers, it's like that will eventually come. Yes. Like that's a time thing. I think subscribers, like eventually you'll hit this, Yeah, but you got to think of how you're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, another thing is like think of like, think of you working out, going to the gym. Let's say you set a goal. Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. That's not a goal. That's a destination with no actionable items to actually lead towards that goal. If you want to lose 10 pounds, maybe that's the headline for the goal, but that's not the actual goal. The goal is to work out uh, five times a week, every time, you know, five times a week and to never have a cheat meal. Those are the goals that you have to hit in order to hit that bigger kind of milestone, right? But a lot of the time when I set goals, I was so obsessed. I, I would write a goal. I want to hit 10 million subscribers and I would look at it every day and I was like, 10 million subscribers. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then, and then what? Like there's no, there was no actionable items set up to actually hit it. Um, and you also, another thing about goals is you really have to hold yourself accountable for whatever you say you're going to do. Uh, cause I think that's really important. Cause a lot of people, if you think about it, a lot of people talk about trust and they're like, Oh man, I want to build trust with my friends. So they got to trust me or I want people to trust me. Trust is so important to me. My real question is like how much trust you have in yourself and the way you break trust in yourself is saying you're going to do something and then you just don't end up doing it. So if you say, Hey, I'm going to make four videos this week and you make two, you're just destroying yourself. And over time, you eventually build yourself to a point where you're like, ah, oh, I can't do that. You ever have one of those friends that's just like, oh man, I'll never be that person. Oh, I'll never do that. I guarantee you, if you look at the last like three years of his life, he set many goals and never hit them, right? He, he just, he, he would say, hey, I want to work out five times this week. And he would do three. Hey, I want to work out five times this week. Ah, I did four. I got close, but I didn't hit it, right? So if you say you're going to do something, live up to it, hold yourself to that higher standard. Uh, cause ultimately that's going to build more trust in yourself. It's going to, you're, you'll feel those wins more. You're like, Oh wow, I did what I said I was going to do. Right. And then that will follow up on those actionable items. It's ultimately just about discipline, right? Like if you say you're going to do it, just do it. Like, and, 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 and if it's too hard, then maybe adjust it a little bit, right? Like, Oh man, my goal was so hard that I only slept for an hour last night. Maybe I should, be a little bit easier on myself. That's okay too. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but ultimately, yeah, goals are just so important. I know like every creator I talk to does the same thing. They're like, I want to hit a million subscribers. That's my goal. Okay, great. What are you doing to hit a million subscribers? Because a million subscribers is not your goal. That's just like the destination that you might get. But if you don't have those actionable items as goals on a weekly, monthly basis to hit, how are you ever going to get there, right? It's like 
It's like hopping in your car and you're like, I'm going to drive across the United States and never putting the GPS in. Where do you think you're going to end up? Mexico. Probably not where you <laughs> want to end up, right? So set the guidelines of how you want to get there. And it's okay to guess too, right? Like you don't have to have like, I would write random stuff down. Like I want to make 75 videos that hit 65% retention. Was 75 videos the right number? I have no idea, but that's just something I wrote that I was just like, you know, and I know 65% retention was right because if you hit 65% retention on a video, you did something right. That's that's very high. And our videos are usually 10 to 15 minutes. So it's a very, yeah. you know. Oh my gosh. But the whole, the, the 75 videos thing, I just threw out a random number. I was like 75, sure. And, you know, we've, I think we're, we've done a lot of videos that have done 65% retention. But ultimately the point is, is, you know, set those actionable items. And I think it will completely change the way you look at your goals. I feel like I'm in therapy right now. Yeah. I think I think a good perspective too is like you you think of it as actionable items, you know. I think stop thinking of it as steps to get there and think of them as goals instead. Like that's how I'm mm-hmm. interpreting it. Yeah, those are those cool all those actionable items are goals. Yeah, and you can control, um, you know how aggressive you want to be with them depending on where you are in your journey. You can also control what you want your deadlines to be. Right? Maybe I want to make. Hey, I want to make three videos this week. Right. Last week I made two. So now I'm going to make three. Right. But try your absolute hardest to live up to that goal. So I also think there's a there's two ways to look at goals. We have some goals that are more like, I guess, evolutionary. Um, I think Alex Hermosi talks about this a lot, how there's there's some goals that you set that they're things you're never really going to achieve. So if if I set a goal, like I want to become a great creator, right? That's not really something I ever achieve. It's something I work at for the rest of my life. Uh, another goal, another example would be, Hey, I want to become very fit. That's something you never achieve. Well, it's kind of subjective, you know, it's kind of like up to you. What is your perspective Yeah. of a great creator? What's your perspective of someone who's fit, you know? Yeah. Well, well, the question is, is like, if you set a goal, I want to become fit. I want to become healthy. That's something you work at your whole life. You never just get healthy one day and you're like, I did it. No, you have to keep doing it for the rest of your life. Like, it's not like, it's not, you know. Um, so I think like sometimes we have to look at goals and kind of evaluate like, okay, is this a goal that I'm going to work on for the rest of my life? Because I have goals to to be very healthy, but I know that I'm never going to really achieve them. I'm going to work at them kind of like a relationship. I want to have a healthy relationship with my family, girlfriend, wife, whatever. Um, that's something you work at your whole life. You don't just have a healthy relationship one day. Like it's something you work at all the time. And then there's some goals that you can hit, right? Hitting a million subscribers. That's a goal. Check it off the list. What's next? Two million, three, you know? Um, so just understand that when you write these goals, understand, um, Cause that's, that ultimately creates a lot of failure in people. Cause like, yeah, you can set a goal to be healthy and then you become healthy. But the real question is for how long can you become healthy? How long can you stay consistent with that? Right. Um, some people set goals to become healthy, they become healthy and then they're not healthy a year later. Right. Because they got to that goal and they didn't realize that, Oh, I have to keep up with this. It's, it's not one of those goals that I just hit and I'm just done with, you know, so just understand the goals that you're writing down. Goals are incredibly powerful. They're one of the most powerful things to, I think, move 
the needle for success. And, you know, you got to be critical with what kind of goals you're setting on. You got to be critical with what you're focusing your time on, but also what you're saying no to. What are you not doing? Kind of like what we talked about brand deals. I was so focused on growing, so obsessed with growing my YouTube channels. I said no to every deal that came my way. I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Don't even want to hear the price. Nope, nope, nope. It was just a goal I set out. My only goal was to grow and everything else I said no to it because it was a distraction. Even if it was a huge deal, I was just like, no, 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 no. So I think like, you know, when you set your goals, I think you kind of have like that goal list. And then I think you should also have a list that kind of lays out the things that you're not going to, you know, compromise on like whatever, whatever that is for you. But let's set some goals for this channel right now. Ooh. So the big goal obviously is to grow. And I know in a previous episode, we said a hundred thousand in a hundred days. What goals are we going to hit to achieve said hundred thousand? hundred thousand in a hundred days. Well, well, we're posting weekly. We got to pump out a lot of content. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be, I think step one would be, um, you know, defining what kind of content we need to pump out. And then what are the goals within that content? Okay. Do we need to hit 60% retention? Do we need to, you know, um, so I think one, I would set a content goal. I would then set goals. Uh, we're also going to be pumping out this content on a lot of other platforms. Um, it's difficult for me to set goals because for this channel, it's something I've never done before. That's why I think it's so, so fun to do because we yeah. don't, we've never done anything like this before. Yeah. Cause we want to post content on like LinkedIn, Apple podcast. I've never made an Apple podcast account. Like I don't even, yeah, we're still trying to figure that out as of this episode. Too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, you know, we're, we're kind of going into territory that I've never touched before as a creator, which is fun. It's, it's very fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said before, what are what are our actionable items that are going to lead us to 100,000 subscribers? Um, and we just need to lay out how many videos is it? How many deep dives? How many podcasts, right? Podcasts probably won't get us a lot of growth. It will probably be the deep dive analysis videos where we talk about a creator. We talk about all the strategies, how we executed, how we failed, whatnot. So maybe we need to double down on that. Maybe we need to make, you know, 52 of those videos instead of 22 or whatever. Um, those videos need to hit really good retention, obviously really good thumbnails. Uh, we need to figure out how to find our target audience, which is creators, obviously. Um, and we are also focusing on multiple, this could be another goal as well. We're focusing on multiple platforms because creators live on multiple platforms. I know a ton of creators that only consume Instagram content. I know a ton of creators that only watch YouTube content. I know a ton of creators that don't watch YouTube content at all, but they're obsessed with LinkedIn, right? So we kind of got to find these, or like a Twitter, for example, like Twitter is just hounded by thumbnail designers, right? But I would consider those creators. They help creators. They're very uh, important piece of the puzzle for, for a creator. So we're kind of, you know, exploring all these platforms. So I think setting goals per platform could be good. Like, you know, um, and once we get into the weeds more, I think we'll kind of figure out like what goals are going to be beneficial for us. Like, oh, maybe we should tweet seven times a day because, that's what people do on Twitter, right? I've never really, yeah. not really uh, familiar with Twitter. So I think, you know, kind of getting into the platforms and then also like uh, understanding that each platform has a different way that people consume content. The way people consume content on YouTube is totally different than LinkedIn. So ultimately we can't just copy and paste. So that could be another goal is to figure out um, the, 
I guess, figure out the vibe of, hey, what do people consume on LinkedIn? What is the popular content? Um, how can we post at least one of those a day um, and then make it better each time and then get people to share it? Because I know uh, when I'm on LinkedIn, a lot of people share stuff a lot. They'll like see a quote or like a study for some business and they'll, you know, we'll have like 30,000 shares. So it's like, how can we encourage people to share this stuff, you know? So setting little goals like that under each, uh, each, um, platform, I guess. I gotta start using LinkedIn more, man. I just started getting it. It's super powerful. Yeah. It's super powerful because like you have a, I think you have a different vibe when you go on a platform like LinkedIn. Like when I go on YouTube or TikTok, I'm in the vibe of like, I want to be entertained. I want to laugh. I want to, but when I go on LinkedIn, I'm like, oh, let's connect with, let's connect with the CEO and like, you know, make a deal, right? You're, you're just in a different mindset. So when you're looking for that content, you're kind of in a, in a different, you know, different mindset than you would be on YouTube. When, when you're on YouTube and you're like, I want to be entertained, I want to laugh. And then you see a, our podcast pop up from us about how you can be a good creator. Sometimes you don't want to click on it because you're like, nah, I'd rather watch this dude explode this car, you know? So just different, you know, different, every platform has a different vibe. Let's, let's go back to setting three. Let's just set in stone three main goals we want to hit and this is three main goals this is episode five we'll look back at these goals at episode 50 okay so i think one thing we should do is we should be very consistent with um our weekly podcast Mm -hmm. we call it the weekly podcast so we should live up to that standard and actually post it every single week um and then that podcast should be distributed um on youtube spotify apple podcast Um, and then we should also set a goal, a little goal underneath that to take the lessons and how can we turn these lessons into make maybe blog post or short learning articles or, um, you know, of education that can be presented on LinkedIn and Twitter. So that would be my first goal, um, is to live up to the weekly podcast and distribute it across multiple platforms. My next goal would be to probably delegate a large majority of our time to the deep dive videos because I think those are going to give the most value to creators. If I look at how we're going to grow, I can bet a lot of money that our deep dive studies where we look at Ryan Trahan or Mr. Beast and we break down all of his strategies, how he grew, what are his failures, right? I think those are going to be the most relatable, most shareable, most valuable things to other creators. So I would probably spend 70 to 75% of our time filming those, editing those, um, and then maybe we can attach a number to it. Like we want to post 25 in the next six months or whatever. Throw a number to the side. The third thing I would do is I would probably set a goal for each of us more personal development wise. I already do this. I know you started doing it like reading books. Um, I think reading books is super, super powerful. If we are going to be leaders in this space, which I think we already are, I've already built a huge YouTube presence. So I think people will, will want to hear my advice, hopefully. And if you don't, that's fine. But I have been doing this for a long time. So I think I know what I'm talking about when it comes to, to making a good video and building an audience. But I don't know everything for sure. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. So that's why I love reading books. So maybe we set a goal where it's like, hey, 
we want to read one book a month that is about something about being a creator. Maybe it's uh, maybe we read a book from the um, what's his name? Edwin, the CEO of uh, Pixar about mm. storytelling. Yeah. Right. Or maybe we read a book about uh, how to harness an audience from some famous writer, right? So just one book a month. So maybe we hold, that would be my third goal because the more we can learn, you know, we're learning a lot through experience. I've made 5,000 YouTube videos. So I, I have learned so many things, but there's still so much other information that we can tap into from other people that are in different industries. What about people that have made movies, TV shows? What about the most famous blog post writers? Those people are creators. What about famous artists? Like, painters, right? Those people I would also consider creators. What are things that they know that we can bring into the space of like content creation for, for YouTubers and, you know, social media people. Um, so that would be my third goal is to, uh, to kind of have us step back from the space that we're in right now and learn from the greats, um, and do that once a month, maybe one book a month. Definitely. That'd be, my, that'd be my three goals. I'm going to look at our current analytics since this is episode five. And I want to see kind of, you know, after applying all these goals, I want to see what kind of progress we made. The blue, We just rebranded the channel The Blueprint. We're at 6,117 subscribers, 59.9 thousand total views, and 1.2 thousand watch time hours with two long form videos out and four shorts. So we'll come back at episode fifty and see what. All we're right, at. come back on episode fifty and we'll look at this. That'll be that'll be really cool to see the growth. Yeah, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. If you guys have any questions you want us to answer, make sure you guys leave them down below. Rate us five stars on on Spotify. Is that how on audio Yelp. works? Yeah, and Yelp. <laughs> and if you're listening on LinkedIn, sorry, I'm not wearing a suit. All right, bye. <laughs>